1: Good evening, Madam Mayor, and all Commissioners as well, and staff.
2: Commissioner Moody, I have that vision of you riding a scooter. Can't wait to get out there with you.
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, so when you want to do it, just let me know.
2: All right, I'm going to take you off on that. I wish I could have seen Commissioner Lanier. I might have to track down that video from Dallas. <laughs>
3: I'll get it for you. <laughs> okay, I would love that. Maybe share with all of us. I've had, I've had numerous people write after that after that meeting and say, okay, you want to go on a scooter? You know? So people want to see us out there, apparently. Yeah. I've been on them downtown with my helmet.
2: That's good. Yep. All right, let's see who are we missing here. One, two, three, four. Commissioner Lanier, we'll give her just another moment to jump on and then we'll get started. Commissioners, you all know we have a pretty full agenda before us tonight. All right, there she is. All right, I'm going to go ahead and call this meeting to order then. This is our meeting of our city commission for uh, April 13th. Uh, What I'd like to do as we start our meeting is to have a moment of silence before we move to Pledge of Allegiance and then I'll turn to our city clerk for the roll call. So if you join me for a moment of silence, please. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and
4: justice for all.
2: All right, thank you. Now I'll turn to our clerk for roll call.
4: Commissioner Jones. I'm here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Sassi. Here. Commissioner Ruppert,
5: Here.
4: Commissioner Lanier. Present. Commissioner Moody.
6: Here. And
4: Mayor Bliss.
2: Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, next commissioners, before I open up for public comment, I just wanna uh, bring your attention to a few things tonight. Uh, So we have a number of scheduled public hearings. So if you are watching tonight and you want to speak to one of our scheduled public hearings, I'm going to ask you to hold off until I open those up. So we have a public hearing on the obsolete property rehabilitation district at 1002 Hall Street. We have um, a public hearing on the industrial facilities exemption. Uh, at 1809 Century. We have our public hearing on the Community Development Annual Plan, public hearing on our program agreements with the Michigan State Historic Preservation, and then also a special assessment nuisance role. So those are scheduled public hearings uh, that we will open up a little bit later on. You can call in to give public comment by calling 456 or 311 hit number one, and then our first opportunity for public comment, which I will open up momentarily, which is comments only on agenda items that we're voting on tonight, you'd hit one. And then for the rest of the public hearings, you would hit two, then three, then four, then five, then six. So we have a full, a full list tonight. I'll remind you of those as we get closer to it. And then last opportunity for public comment, you would hit one and then seven. So before we move to that, I'd like to uh, introduce our translator that's available tonight if you need assistance with translation uh so i'll turn it over to miss lily back
3: thank you mayor bliss good evening if you need interpretation services to address the city commission i will be able to assist please dial four five six three thousand or three one one. the option you wish to speak on tonight
6: buenas tardes Si necesita servicio de interpretación para dirigirse a la comisión de la ciudad, estaré disponible para ayudarle. Marque el cuatro cinco seis tres mil el 311 y elija la opción en la que desea comentar esta noche. Gracias.
2: Thank you. All right, so we'll open up the first opportunity for public comment. And again, these are um, public comments only on action items. So these are items that we discussed today and voted on today at our earlier meeting. Uh, The rules for our public comment period, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. Um, You'll be given up to three minutes to speak. Uh, And then we have some meeting procedures and expectations. So I'll ask, I think the city clerk has those and I'll ask him during public comment to at least show those for a little bit. Um, Our big request is that people are respectful and they refrain from swearing, name-calling or making derogatory comments, um, particularly directed at a person's race, religion or uh, nation of origin. Uh, So with that, I'll open up the first opportunity for public comment. And again, these are items that we're voting on tonight. So we ask you for this first uh, public comment period that you're specific about what item you're speaking to so that we can refer to that in our packet. Uh, Daniel, do we have anyone in the queue?
7: Here comes the first caller.
2: Thank you. Thank you
7: caller you're on with the city commission please state your name the city in which you live and the agenda item you wish to speak on you have three minutes your time starts now
8: a very pleasant good evening everyone this is the Abraham Lincoln of Grand Rapids pushing 17 years now reporting into the house of the people as watchdog Miller, and thanking the citizens and state of Illinois for giving Lincoln seven as in five, six, seven great debates up and down that state. Let's get to work on uh 9B1, uh, the GVSU contract, uh, 80, 83 grand now. Uh, that's a pretty much fast, fascist operation there. And uh, could this be good out? There uh, already got to be plenty of, they threatened me with rest just for showing up and a uh, neighborhood meeting me guys in blue showed up once. Uh, please uh, reconsider that that contract, 9B1 and 9B2. Uh, uh, it's very, I mean, 9B3 is very vague. Uh, Transit advertising and dangerously vague. Uh, let's point out to you new, numerous occasions. Uh, the ITP is a racist, anti-Catholic uh, operation, and the buses don't run. They run Too many of the buses run outside our tap zone, uh, like way below 60th Street, and seems like a, uh, a foolish uh, investment of, of money insofar as it's described. 9B6, uh, uh, The are suspicious of something called uh, the Pride Center. What, what's that all about? Uh, let's go back to 8 1, it was poorly publicized. Uh, May not have been a public meeting whatsoever, without any uh, public comment. With no public comment, it violated the uh, state's uh, open meetings act. Uh, on seven one, uh, I'd like to condemn the uh, uh, establishment for putting in seven fifty three units at the Slide property off wealthy and and uh, Logan. You know, put in seven fifty three units. Uh, Four and will be micro. Which I guess is a euphemism. New, new, new I've been advocating SORs in there for years now. Big challenge remains their there uh, freight fog horns uh, returning through there at all hours of the night. Uh, certainly, wasn't would have been inappropriate to put in fancy apartments there. Uh, moving along, C five is too much. Uh, up to four million dollars of basin. Uh, Kindly, of the, uh, the visit, let out forbidden. Why uh, yc 9 uh, Why dump more money into the grand when our city buses don't come down to, to the grand? Uh, the real people, uh, blacks and Catholics, uh, putting out many times six black routes, nine uh, Catholic routes, uh, don't go to our real downtown north of Fulton.
7: That's three uh, minutes, Mr. Miller. Thank you. There are no more callers there.
2: All right. Thank you Daniel. I'm going to close that opportunity for public comment. And that'll take us to approval of our minutes. And these are our minutes from March 23rd. Can I get a motion? So of All supported. right. Thank you. Moved and supported commissioners. Any questions or comments? All right. I'll turn to our city clerk to call for the vote.
4: Mr. Ruppert. Yes. Commissioner Lanier. Hi, Commissioner Jones. Yes. Commissioner O'Connor. Yes. Commissioner Moody. Yes. Commissioner Sassi. Yes. Mayor Bliss. It,
2: yes, it carries. Thank you. Next, that will take us to petitions and communications and we have four items tonight.
4: The first one is a communication received from Jolanda Howe, Grand Rapids Home for All with priorities from the Housing Needs and Opportunities Report.
2: That is received and filed.
4: Communications from the Grand Rapids Police Civilians Appeal Board regarding the removal of George Storms.
2: That is referred to a Committee on Appointments.
4: Communication received by Karen Harshman regarding the Grand Rapids Police Department and protests.
2: That is received and filed.
4: And Communications 171 received regarding helicopter surveillance of black and brown neighborhoods
2: and that is received and filed right next that will take us to reports of city officers we have three items tonight
4: the first one is the city clerk submitted a report entitled determination of the local officers compensation commission establishing salaries for the elected officials
2: that is received and filed
4: second one is a comptroller's report for the period of march 10 2021 through March 30, 2021 in the
2: amount of $35,838,160.84. That is received and filed.
4: And the third one is a treasurer's report for the period of March 9, 2021 through March 26, 2021
2: and that is also received and filed. All right, next that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda includes items that we talked about earlier today uh, during one of our standing committee meetings and they were voted on unanimously. So tonight with one voice vote, we'll adopt those items. Can I get a motion for the consent agenda?
9: So moved. Support.
2: All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any questions or additional comments? All right, just one, uh, I'll just uh, do one reminder. Uh, And that is that we did postpone um, the legislative agenda until our next meeting. Um, So with that, I'll turn to our city clerk to call for the vote for the consent agenda.
4: Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Asasi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppert? Yes and Mayor Bliss.
2: Yes it carries. All right next that will take us to ordinances to be adopted and we have one ordinance before us tonight.
4: The ordinance is uh, an ordinance amending section one of the budget ordinance 2020-15 for fiscal year 2021 amendment number 13.
9: So vote.
2: Support. All right moved and supported. Commissioner O'Connor from our fiscal committee you want to tell me about this?
9: Yes, Mayor, thank you. Uh, So uh, several items on here tonight. Uh, A lot of them are just related to the appropriating and um, uh, recognizing uh, some transfers for a variety of different funds that we have at the city, uh, including our parks and recreation department, uh, parks operating fund, our golf course funds, our cemetery operating funds. Uh, We have some two items related to uh, street lighting. Uh, One is uh, for some uh, recognizing and appropriating dollars for LED street lighting replacement, which is uh, happening throughout our city, uh, as well as some concrete pole replacements. Uh, One item of note uh, is uh, that the Stormwater Department is uh, taking $270,000 from our contingent account. This is the first uh, use of contingent fund balance for this year, and it's related to the NAPS Crossing uh, Drainage District, which uh, has been an ongoing uh, issue. We've been working with our partners at the county, trying to resolve. uh, so this will be the first use of that for $270,000. Uh, we did hear from folks in the department today where they're, we're still con- trying to figure out, uh, solutions to, to help mitigate those concerns in the future uh, and working with, uh, with the folks at the County to try to find uh, a way that this, uh, this won't be an ongoing issue year after year.
2: Thank you, commissioner, uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right. I'll turn to our city clerk.
4: Commissioner Jones. Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Asasi?
10: Yes. Commissioner Rappark? Yes.
4: Commissioner Lanier?
2: Aye.
4: And Mayor Bliss?
2: Yes. And commissioners, can I get a motion to give this immediate effect?
9: So moved. Support.
2: All right, moved and supported. Any additional questions or comments? All right, I'll turn to our city clerk to call for the vote.
4: Commissioner O'Connor. Yes. Commissioner Moody. Yes. Commissioner Sassi.
3: Yes.
4: Commissioner Ruppert. Yes. Commissioner Lanier. Aye. Commissioner Jones. Aye. Yes. yes. And Mirblis.
2: Yes, it carries. Thank you, Commissioners. All right, so that will now take us to our scheduled public hearings. And, Commissioners, as I indicated, we have uh, five uh, scheduled public hearings tonight. So we'll start with the first one, uh, and I'd like to combine these two uh, because they're related to the same project. So we have a public hearing to consider the establishment of an obsolete property rehabilitation district pursuant to PA 146 of 2000 for the Isaac Norris & Associates at 1002 Hall Street Southeast. And then the companion item is a public hearing to consider an application for a 10-year obsolete property rehabilitation exemption certificate for the same property located at 1002 hall street southeast so a notice of this public hearing was made pursuant to state law uh, we do have mr norris with us tonight but what i'd like to do is first start off with uh, our economic development director mr gracia give him a chance to share some information about this project uh, and then we'll invite Mr. Norris to say a few words if he'd like to add anything on uh, open it up for all of you to ask any additional questions. And then if you want to be heard on this item, you can call 311 or 456 hit number one and then number two. So with that, I'll turn to Mr. Gracia.
11: Good evening, Commissioners. So tonight's hearings are related to this uh, obsolete property rehabilitation district and certificate for the project to Hall Street. Um, It is a existing structure of approximately 3,400 square feet with a basement of about a thousand square feet that Mr. Norris is uh, taking on as a major rehabilitation project. Um, I'll allow him to talk more about the details of what he intends to do, but I'll just give you the high levels. He's uh, estimated to be investing um, $330,000 with hard construction costs of $300,000 and of note he's committed to 100 percent uh mbe mlbe or wbe participation in, a, uh, in our inclusion plan and i'll let him describe that as well um i would also say that this is a project has been supported on many levels um he'd also received a um facade grant of the amount of ten thousand dollars from the south corridor improvement authority previously back in about a year ago and so I, I want to make sure that he uh, that we acknowledge that in terms of multiple support that we have in this project, and allow Mr. Norris to give more details about his project and his uh, excitement about this project. So, Mr. Norris. Okay.
12: Hey. Good evening. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, the project is one zero zero two Hall Street. Uh, I believe I've owned that building since two 2000- thousand. 11, yes, it is obsolete, Uh, needs all new everything, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, new storefront. Uh, What's encouraging about this is the opportunity to uh, uh, reactivate this building as a part of the reactivation of the Boston Street neighborhood area, Boston Street business area, and all the wonderful things that are happening. I own multiple properties in this area. Uh, One I just renovated was uh, 1002, or rather 1220 Hall Street, which is now the Southeast Market. That was my mother's beauty salon for the past uh, 45 years. And really pleased that uh, it has been taken over by uh, another small minority woman owned business. I'm very pleased with what they're doing and and quite a supporter. Uh, Yeah, almost a supporter. I'm putting so much money in that building that I just, you know, I don't know. I going to it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off in that the neighborhood is going to truly benefit from the opportunities of their store uh, in that they are providing uh, uh, groceries and and uh, fresh fruits and vegetables for the neighborhood and I'm excited about that and really looking to support them. Um, so the renovation of this building and I mentioned that to say that the building that's on Hall Street is going to be renovated pretty much to look like the same on the on the inside. Um, And it looks like Southeast Market may be considering also leasing that space because it's right behind the existing space. So looking forward to activating um, those two properties more so. Uh, And I'm hoping that this program will work out well for me in that and also I'll be able to let other small business owners know and property owners know that this this, uh, opportunity is available at the city of Grand Rapids to help uh, smaller, uh, small-scale developers to develop their neighborhood. So, yeah, I'm excited about the property, and I hope that that you are too.
2: Thank you, and thanks for being with us tonight, uh, commissioners. Do you have any questions for either Mr. Norris or Mr. Gracia? Uh, Commissioner Lanier.
6: I'll just add, um, thank you so much, Isaac, for being with us this evening. Isaac is a member of the Southtown Corridor Improvement District Authority, and um, we have been seeing many projects from the Boston Square area um, and some of the other Southtown business districts um, come before us for facade improvement that Jeremiah mentioned earlier, um, and we are excited for um, the reactivation of some of the buildings that have been um, dormant for quite a bit of time. So thank you Isaac for your investment. I know that even if it's not a property that you own that you have been involved in a lot of those projects and so I appreciate your work and dedication to the revitalization of many of those business districts.
2: Well said thanks Commissioner Uh, Commissioners any other questions or comments. Uh, Commissioner Moody.
1: Yeah, Madam Mayor, I want to thank Isaac and also echo Commissioner Lanier's comments. Uh, Isaac's business is in the Third Ward. And it's important to see the Third Ward continue to progress. And I appreciate the work that he's put into his businesses. And I've had an opportunity to shop at the market across the street. uh, And uh, I can honestly tell you that uh, I can see it flourishing in the future. So I hope that with uh, the things that you're doing, Isaac, as you're improving, uh, your businesses uh, as you said earlier that you will be spreading information to other people uh, who own property to improve their properties uh, I hope that you would take the leadership and making sure that that does take place besides Commissioner Leder and I pushing those efforts as well I appreciate all that you do and, and thank you for the work that you're doing in the community uh, I am excited about what's getting ready to happen Thanks,
2: all right I think I'll open it up then for public comment uh, so I'll turn to Daniel. Daniel do we have anyone in the queue for this item?
7: Here comes the first caller. Thank you. Caller you're on with the city commission please state your name and the city in which you live. Your time starts now.
8: Good evening watchdog back. Three city commissioners met with me on uh, on the hall situation. Uh, briefly I succeeded in getting the route 19 uh, move south of New, which was a break off of the 13B, uh, moves all the way south over to Madison Square. That was been so sabotaged and uh, the most muddled route developments I've ever witnessed in my life. Anyway, uh, the bigots are now going after the three Madison, uh, Mercy St. Mary's, and the best way to save that is to uh, consolidate three routes. 11 Plainfield running down the three from uh, Cherry to Burton Madison, and then out 16 uh, to the VA clinic. They're going to close down our VA clinic altogether uh, from uh, I guess 44th Street South. So that is the best solution to this uh, 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 crisis, really. And uh, you will also be saving the division one. They want to run the one division for a mile and a half uh, on Madison, but the one, I wrote it and the one can't possibly do it. Even turning and burning out at the end of the proposed new route, uh, uh, the drivers, some drivers want to quit over it. The situation is so drastic. So thank you ever so much. The solution to this is consolidate the 11 uh, playing field, Uh, out three from the station area and then out 16 South Burton to a VA claim. Thank you ever so much, Waterstil and reporting.
7: There are no more callers, Mayor.
2: All right. Thank you, Daniel. I'll go ahead and close that public hearing then, and this item will be referred back to the Committee of the Whole. Thank you, Mr. Norris. All right. Next up, we'll take us to our um, third item, or uh, second public hearing. And this is a public hearing to consider an application for a 12-year industrial facilities exemption certificate pursuant to PA-198 of 1974 for Blackmer at 1809 Century Avenue Southwest. Um, so again, we have Mr. Grassi here. I'll start by allowing him an opportunity to share some details about this project. And then we also have Mr. Bob Lawson with us. Uh, so, we'll see if Bob wants to add anything, and uh, I'll turn to all of you, and then we'll open it up for public comment. If you want to be heard on this item, you can call 311 or four five six three thousand, and then hit 1, and then hit number 3. Uh, so, Mr. Gracia?
11: Yes, good evening, Commissioner. So, this project is for the Blackmore facility located 1809 Century Avenue on the west side of 131. Um, the current site uh, covers 11 acres and houses a... 190,000-square-foot facility. Um, we shall also will talk about the project in more details, but just on a high level is that the um, they will take down about a 48,000-square-foot foundry and in its place construct a 55,000-square-foot manufacturing facility. And for context, the current facility employs 236 individuals, and we're committing another 54 with this uh, uh, project. And Blackbird is also committing to a ten percent participation, targeting uh, over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for the M- our inclusion plan. Um, they've had continuous <coughs> uh, engagement with the neighborhood, and we've heard a lot about that in our economic development project team. And the focus on uh, helping hire some folks in the neighborhood. And with that, I'll turn over to Mr. Lawson to give us some more details, Mr. Lawson.
2: Oh, Mr. Lawson, I think you're on mute. Yep, can't hear you.
4: He was unmuted.
2: Oh, I, am I am I the only one having a hard time hearing
6: him? No, Mayor, I couldn't hear him either. No, is it with his system? Is he able to speak? Is does he have access to speak?
11: Yeah, he's. I think I have him unmuted. Mr. Lawson, uh, can you click on the arrow next to your mute button, which opens up audio outputs, and I need you to select microphone.
1: Hey Joel, I'm getting a lot of freezing on some of the screens when people are talking.
4: I'm not sure if that's a having some internet issues at some people's places or. Cause I've seen that a little bit too.
2: Oh, Bob, we still can't hear you. The joys of virtual meetings. I think all of us have had this experience before.
11: Mr. Lawson, if you, if you hover over the arrow, over their mute button, it'll open audio options, and then you're gonna to wanna to click that and select microphone array.
2: Yeah, this platform is a little tricky. Well, how about, how about uh, it, let me let me do this. Let me, while Bob's trying to figure that out, uh, commissioners, do you have any questions for Mr. Gracia about this project? No. Okay. Well, why don't we open it up for the public hearing? And then um, if there are some are some comments afterwards, and Bob, if your microphone is fixed, I'll turn it back to you to to wrap it up. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So Daniel, do we have anyone in the queue for this public hearing?
7: Uh, Not at the moment, Mayor. I don't know (laughs) if we're caught up to live.
2: Okay. Can you double check on that? You are uh, the city clerk. So again, the public public for black for the 12 year industrial facilities exemption certificate.
4: Yeah, I, I was counting from between this morning and this afternoon or this evening. And we're about a 30 second delay between <laughs> Webex and um, YouTube and Facebook, Facebook and YouTube are about on the same.
2: Okay. All right. Are we caught up now then Daniel? Seems like. Facebook.
7: Yeah, Facebook does appear to be live. So there are no callers in this.
2: Okay. Um, Well, I think I'll, Bob, I'm so sorry that we can't hear you. You're welcome to email us any additional information that Mr. Gracia hasn't shared, uh, but I'll go ahead and close this public hearing then, and we'll uh, refer this back to committee of the whole. All right, sorry about that, Bob. Okay. All right, Commissioners, next, that will take us to our fourth public hearing. This is a public hearing on the fiscal year 2022 housing and community development annual action plan. Uh, So I will start this with uh, turning to Ms. Bohatch uh, to share with us some information, and then we'll open it up for public comment. If you wish to be heard on this item, you can call 456-3000 or 311, hit number one, and then
13: number four. Uh, So, Ms. Bohatch. Good evening. At your meeting on March 23rd, funding recommendations were presented for projects and programs supporting outcomes under the Neighborhood Investment Plan. These recommendations consist of approximately $6.3 million of investment and were detailed in the draft FY 2022 Housing and Community Development Annual Action Plan. The Annual Action Plan serves as the City's application to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development for Community Development Block Grant, Home Investment Partnerships, and the Emergency Solutions Grants Programs. The annual action plan covers the first year of the city's five-year consolidated housing and community development plan, which was adopted by the city commission on February 9th. The annual action plan specifically identifies activities that will be carried out from July 1 of 2021 through June 30th of 2022 using the funds previously, sorry, the, the federal funds previously identified, but also includes activities supported with the justice assistance grant program funds. So tonight's public hearing is part of a 30 day public comment period that began on March 19th and after this public hearing written comments will still be uh, accepted may be provided to the community development department through 5 p.m. on April 19th.
2: Thank you Ms. Bohatch commissioners any questions. I know we've already been briefed on this item okay all right then i'll open it up for public comment uh daniel do we have anyone in the queue
7: here comes the first caller thank you caller you're on with the city commission please state your name and the city in which you live you have three minutes your time starts now
8: good evening i'm watching our back i brought this up many many times over the years and uh we need non smoking on uh senior developments such as mount mercy you have it for your four city properties but an opposite property is march ridge uh at grandview or uh, Point arms we need non-smoking in there both arms has 80 units and this situation is, is is very crude and and negligent and we've been under a, a virtual house arrest for almost a year now with the lansing lockdowns and uh, at one time my crystal near uh seemed to hint that she would look into it or sponsor it, but we're we're still took off all all the smoking please uh, look at the Fulton home property midway out Fulton on east Fulton uh for some of oh, vote for development for low income housing uh, the fourteen runs there six days a week. Uh, and next, uh, the whole so called housing crisis would be resolved if it would simply bounce illegal. Illegal alien is illegal. Thank you ever so much. Watch uh, the reporting.
7: There are no more callers, Mayor.
2: All right. Thank you, Daniel. I'll go ahead and close that public hearing. I know we are still getting comments uh, via email uh, and in letter form. So hopefully, you all are getting copies of those as well. Uh, so, we'll close that public hearing, and that will be referred back to Committee of the Whole. All right, next, I'll, I'll keep Ms. Bohatch on. The next public hearing is on programmatic agreements with the Michigan State Historic Preservation Officer. Uh, and I'll turn to Ms. Bohatch to tell us about this. Um, again, this is something that we consider every year, uh, and then I'll see if you all have any questions, and then I'll open
13: it up for public comment. Ms. Bohatch. Thank you. So section 106 of the National Historic Preservation Act requires federal agencies to consider the effect of program activities on historic properties. Uh, The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development delegates its responsibilities to local agencies to act on their behalf. So the act also allows for programmatic agreements to be developed as an alternative process. The city has two such agreements in place with Um, Shippo, the Michigan State Historic Preservation Officer, um, in order to comply with this responsibility, these agreements are really important because they provide more local control of project review and significantly reduce reduce the review times um, because we don't need to submit them to the state and wait for them to respond. So this public hearing offers the opportunity to comment on the effect of both non-lead hazard reduction and lead hazard reduction activities on the character of historic properties. These activities may be carried out using federal um, program funds through the Community Development Block Grant, the Home Investment Partnerships, Emergency Solutions Grants, Lead Hazard Control, and Lead Hazard Reduction Grant programs. Um, and again, just as the other um, comment period, um, we will continue to take, after tonight's public hearing, we'll continue to take written comments um, through 5 p.m. on April 19th. Great, thank you, Ms. Bohatch.
2: Uh Commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, we'll go ahead and open up the public hearing related to this item. Again, you can call 3, or 311, hit number one, and then number five. Uh, Daniel, do we have anyone in the queue?
7: Not at this time. I believe we still have a few more seconds until we're live.
2: Okay. We'll give it a little bit more time. All right. Do we have anyone in the queue, Daniel? No, ma'am. Okay, then I'll go ahead and close that public hearing. And I believe that will be referred back to us at Committee of the Whole. And then uh, our last public hearing tonight. Commissioners, this is uh, a a public hearing where the City Commission, all of us, uh, we hear appeals on the Special Assessment Nuisance Rule. And this is Nuisance Rule 8756. Uh, And again, we act as a, a body to review these appeals. And so this public hearing is uh, specifically for individuals who are seeking an appeal. Um, so someone who is on the special assessment role or nuisance role, and they are coming to us to seek an appeal. So we'll start tonight, uh, is that Miss Paula that I see there? There she is. Uh, we'll yes, it, turn it over to Paula to give us some background on this, and then I'll open it up for public comment. And again, this is specific to individuals who are wanting to appeal an item on this role.
5: Thank you,
6: Mayor.
2: Can
5: you hear me? Okay. Uh, the Assessor's Office has prepared the Special Assessment Roll 8756 comprised of unpaid charges for services and code violations that were due to the City of Grand Rapids between July 1st, 2020 through December 31st, 2020. So, these charges stem from uh, miscellaneous items such as housing violations, yard violations, rental certifications, blight monitoring, and these invoices remain unpaid. Property owners were notified back in February on the 25th and also of the charge and the appeal process. The special assessment role has been open for public inspection for the required two weeks, but that was starting back in. February on the 25th through today, um, April 13th and in addition that we have posted the entire special assessment role on the city's website. So to date, the assessor's office has received 15 appeals and tonight is the final opportunity uh, for those notified on that role to make uh, an appeal and file their appeal with their office. So I will mute myself and uh, listen to any appeals. Thank you,
2: Paula. Um, so Daniel, uh, is there anyone in the queue yet? No, ma'am. Okay, I'm gonna give this another moment and I'll, I'll repeat the instructions. Uh, if you are calling and wanting to appeal uh, the special assessment nuisance role, you can call four five six three thousand or 311, hit number one and then number six. So Daniel, can you let me know when um, online presence catches up?
14: Yes. Okay.
7: Just a few more seconds. Great,
2: great.
7: It looks like we're caught up and there are no callers in the queue.
2: Okay. Thank you, Daniel. I'll go ahead and close that public hearing, and that will be referred to our Community Development Committee. So those of you who serve on that, we'll be following up on that at our next meeting. All right, that will take us to our last opportunity for public comments tonight. And these are public comments on any other item. Uh, again, you can call 456-3000 or 311 hit number one and then number seven. Uh, and then maybe city clerk, if you can put back up kind of the expectations for public comment just one more time for a few minutes, that would be great. And I uh, will turn to Daniel to see if we have people in the queue.
7: Here comes the first caller.
2: Thank you, Daniel.
7: Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name, the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
15: My name is Deborah and I am a longtime resident of the city of Grand Marathon. um Here's my public comment Stop the GRPD from targeting protest groups such as Justice for Black Lives and We, the Free People. The police manhandled and arrested peaceful protesters without warning recently. It is not against the law to protest without a permit according to the constitution. The ACLU will be contacted if this does not cease. One day there will be a lawsuit that costs the city a tremendous amount of money. This harassment of protesters by GRPD must cease. Protesters are citizens with rights and we will be exercising them. I also want to say that the, the people that were arrested recently need to be have the charges dropped. There have been eight people that I'm aware of that have been arrested recently, including leaders of these groups, and this needs to end now.
7: Is that all, Caller? Yes. Thank you, Caller. Paul, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
16: My name is Corey Anderson, and I'm with People Town Neighborhood Services, Grand Rapids. And I may have picked the wrong option or the wrong outcome. But again, I'm with—I may have—I'm with. Oh, I'm sorry. I may have picked another outcome, but I picked this one. And I just wanted to say, again, I'm with People Town Neighborhood Services, and we're one of the contractors. And we just wanted to say thank you so much. For what you guys do for us and the young men for the program that works with young men of color between the ages of 18 and 24 and our main goal is to help change the way they think about themselves community and employment to get them employed and keep them employed and, and the fact that we have that partnership with the city of grand rapids has helped change the lives of so many
7: Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name in the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
17: How you doing? My name is DeAndre Jones. I stay in the city of Grand Rapids. I'd like to say, how you doing, Mayor Bliss and City Commissioners and City Manager, City Clerk, City Attorney. I went to Dubai. It was an amazing experience. The infrastructure there was just unbelievable. I know people have been telling me that's on their bucket list, but I have bigger goals and aspirations um, to potentially live there. I wouldn't even say potentially live there. I will live there one day. I went to an investment uh, platform and met some investors. Uh, I'm working on finishing the financials for my pitch deck. I worked with people and met some people that want to partner with me. Who was actually partnered with Adidas and the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation. Uh, I see that you guys are going to be um, passing the C.A.R.E. violence. I definitely support C.A.R.E. violence when they actually did their first presentation at Le- Neeland Church. I was there. Um, I'm all for that. But we also need to talk about economics and building up the minority and gentrified and impoverished communities, and that's something that I want to work on. Uh, I see that you guys also have the youth initiative to hire at least a thousand or six hundred or six hundred and fifty kids. I believe with my initiative and the marketing and the people that I've met, that I'll be able to contribute to um, hiring youth um, year round. That is my goal, uh, Mayor Bliss. I have my new merchandise that is actually on Champion. I've actually been working with Champion brand, uh, and they told me that if I happen to do because they're uh, working on sustainability, one of the things that I really care about in all of their clothes is literally. Um, use with um without coal and sustainable energy. And so they told me if I was able to bring enough attention to it that we can actually have an official collaboration. So um, I'm working on some crazy things that can bring some innovative and positive attention and uh, show Grand Rapids in a positive light. I definitely um would like to talk to more of the commissioners about my project. I would like to talk to you guys more about esports. Esports is actually the second biggest sport in the world behind the NFL. The only thing that's bigger than esports is the NFL. And so um, I have a partnership, well, an alliance with the Michigan High School Esports Federation, and they have 33 schools across the state of Michigan playing interstate esports. That's something that I would like to implement here in the city of Grand Rapids to bring us on the wave before it gets too big, and then we're kind of just now knowing about it. So that's something I wanted to put out there. Also, I have a meeting with the global staff and agency called Planet uh, technology that hires people for the um, IT space and uh, technology space. As we see that there's a lot of jobs in IT, and that's something that I'm really looking to uh, innovate and be able to train you and being able to get people solid jobs that will be able to stimulate the economy, but also potentially get people global jobs. So as I've been on this entrepreneurial journey to build up the economy, stop violence, and bridge the wealth gap in the and the education to employment gap. I just hope that you guys see my passion, see how far I'm willing to go. And I thank hope to ask for everything you.
7: Is that's That's three and- minutes caller. Thank you. Thank. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now. Hello caller. Paula, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
18: Hi, um, my name is Allie Bates and I'm the president of Just for Black Lives. First off, I just wanna apologize for my language the last time I called in. I admit that my emotions got the best of me given that I was threatened and the lack of response from my city commissioners were very concerning, um, but I'm not here to talk about that. Um, it deeply angered me To have to once again ask the commission to vote to defund GRPD as well as as for the police department the men and women who vowed to protect and serve to stop targeting black and brown community members especially our grassroots organizations. I'm really curious as to how my city commissioners are going to justify the GRPD ambushing a group of peaceful protesters welcoming a women's march that consisted of survivors of sexual violence as well as injuring many people in broad daylight in the middle of the city. You gave us and Taylor Wade, but that was and that was great, but can you give us human decency? Can you give us a police accountability? Can you give us transparency as to where our money is going? Or is property and optics the only thing that has value to you? With that being said, this is a reminder that you all work for us. Please remember that. And once again, defund GRPD and fund the community. I yield my time.
7: Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
16: My name is Will Bailey, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm calling on behalf of Seeple Town Neighborhood Services. uh, Program that we are in is Job Start. Wanted to call and express our deepest gratitude. Thanks uh, for you guys in supporting us and putting us in a position, funding us to do what we do for the job staff participants that we have, which is moving kind of at a pretty good successful rate. Um, just wanted to mention some of the things that we actually do, me as the instructor of that program, uh, dealing in the field with the participants. Uh, I get a ch- firsthand chance to experience <clears throat> some of the personal barriers and some of the personal uh, growth and development um, that we do while interacting and engaging in job training. Um, it's going, really well. Uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that we uh, are all committed together and uh, serving Grand Rapids area, um, all of our fellow men, especially the age group that we are focused on, which is between 18 and 24 years of age. Just wanted to take the time to thank you guys. Thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate it. And yeah.
7: Thank you, caller. Paul, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
19: Well, my name is Andrew Fishback and I'm a resident of Grand Rapids. I'm gravely concerned with the rogue behavior of the Grand Rapids Police Department, specifically speaking on the aggressive behavior of police on March 27th. In accordance with the GR Special Events Coordinator, the Women's March for Sarah Everard received a permit from the city. One of the speakers at this event was also posting a call to action rally beforehand. Communicating with the permitted permitted Women's March, both groups had a plan for joining up together at the permitted location of those parks. Captain Vincent Riley was fully aware of this collaboration after speaking with the Women's March organizers, yet both groups at the park were ambushed and aggressively assaulted by the Grand Rapids Police. Despite having a legal permit from the city, the Women's March was charged through creating an unsafe and traumatizing environment for everyone, many of whom are survivors of violence. And for GRPD and the news to not even mention the Women's March erasing their experience and publicly report that no one was hurt when individuals from both groups were hit with bikes, feet run over, leaders leaders tackled to the ground from behind, and arms pulled out of sockets are all additional slaps in the face to survivors of violence. The police ruined what was a really beautiful day of support for many grassroots organizers and survivors and turned it into an afternoon of violence because they have a petty and personal vendetta against justice for black lives and their calls for refunding the community. The excessive number of officers and cars for a situation with no crimes is exactly why we call out to refund the community from the GRPG's budget. All of you on the call are not part of the police department but your words carry more weight than ours. You have a chance to support the truth, that there's a lot of video evidence showing the truth. You can release public statements and you can call the police and courts and systems on your citizen's behalf. There needs to be consequences for the officers involved. Or you can keep silent and show your loyalty to the police department and apathy for unwarranted violence on your constituents and neighbors, so. I yield the rest of my time.
7: Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
20: Good afternoon, City Council. My name is Chantelle Farrell. I live in Grand Rapids in the 49504 zip code. I come as a parent representative from Parents from Healthy Homes. As you, the Grand Rapids City Council, begin to discuss the budget process for the fiscal year of 2022, it is imperative that you include funding for the lead ordinance and the lead pilot program to be implemented this year. For years as a city, we have been discussing the impact of lead poisoning in homes and the ways to reduce children being poisoned. The time is now to implement the lead ordinance certification certification process for rental homes in the city. Um, we have launched our Raise the Standard campaign and are raising awareness and collecting signatures of support for this ordinance to be passed and funding allocated. My family was impacted by a house that was um, poisoned with lead. Um, it poisoned my child, my daughter, uh, who is five years old. She had a lead level of nine um, and we didn't get any help um from the landlord or the uh the rental um company who was managing the property for them uh, when we found out the home had lead in it. Um instead of our landlord taking precaution and trying to put some preventative measures in and try to fix the issue, um they ended up just um not re renting the property to us and ended up selling it um to just be done with the issue instead of fixing the problem. So instead of them helping fix the issue, all they did was pass the issue on to someone else and possibly poison um, another family as well. With that being said, um, had that home been cleared with a lead inspection certification? I probably wouldn't be here today um, speaking in this meeting. And as one of the largest cities in Michigan with a large number of old housing stock, it is imperative that we enact policies that are proactive and not reactive. We know that implementing a system to implement a lead clearance certification process will take time and it will take money, but we can afford to do nothing and we cannot afford to do it by putting the price tag on our kids' lives. We can no longer use our children as lead detectors in the homes that are riddled with lead in the Grand Rapids community area. Thank
7: you for your time. Caller you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now.
21: My name is Tasha Garrett and I live in Grand Rapids. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Zip Code 49503. I come as a representative of Parents for Healthy Homes Coalition. We are a group of dedicated parents and grandparents committed to ensuring children and families of Grand Rapids have safe and affordable housing. We are asking that money for the fiscal year 2022 budget be allocated to begin the process of raising the housing code standards and ensuring children are no longer being used is lead detectors in homes. Conversations around proactive lead policies in Grand Rapids have been consistently going on now for almost five years, and it is time to end the era. With the increased number of children being at home, being at home longer in homes that are at risk of lead hazards, we can no longer push it back until the right time. In early 2020, the city commission was presented with plans to roll out a lead inspection pilot program in the city. This program was to target the hundreds of known homes in Grand Rapids that have lead hazards in their homes that continue to poison hundreds of children every year. A year later, and the program hasn't begun. With children at home more now than ever, their chances of being exposed to toxins is even greater. With low levels of lead testing for children, we are looking at a double health crisis. We have launched the Raise the Standards campaign to raise awareness of the hazardous, yet 100% preventable, preventable public health crisis that lead poisoning is, and also to garner community support so that you, the Grand Rapids City Council, will pass an ordinance that would require all homes to have a lead clearance certification. No child should be exposed to lead, and it is your job to enact policies to protect children and families and allocate proper funding for this proactive policies.
20: The
7: good
21: news? We already have a good rental home registry in place, making it easier to add the lead clearance certification into the process. This program meets funding allocated now. We hope that we can work together so that the children being lead poisoned will no longer be a public health crisis in the
22: future. Thank
7: you. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name in the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
8: What's Doug ignore? Can you handle more great thoughts or would you prefer a great thought alert first? Hearing no protests, uh, let's go back uh, to the uh, general agenda. D2, that uh, uh, would be uh, 9D2. Uh, our so- these our social zones uh, are really a sense scro- of screwing up bus service particularly to most of Monroe Center uh, to uh, these uh, restaurants. Um, you can put the restaurants up on the roof, rooftop, but you can't put our city buses up there. The Nose Center was our historic 68 year transit hub as as uh, the uh, far away distant uh, uh, Grandview Terminal is now. So for 67, 66, 67, 68 years, it hosted uh, all of our streetcars, first horse rail, and then streetcars and buses. So uh, these streets, and also Francis is Ionia, I turn over. Most of Ionia was 6th and thirteen crucial routes. Uh run through there. Uh they shouldn't have to go to Central Station in the first place, but right now they do. So uh these our zones uh, serve uh most of the people in maps uh very poorly. On uh 595, uh, there's no mention of which certain special events uh, are you authorizing. This is a fascist entry, a fascist criminal cover, failing to name which special events are, are you authorizing under chapter 53. Uh, then uh, I keep seeing see popping up on the press, and uh, 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 outdoor uh, amphitheater, and uh, also a uh, soccer stadium, uh, uh why uh, can't the soccer snobs use housemen? The foot crowd, crowds as much as seventeen thousand in there, particularly in nineteen forty-five. There are two crowds, high school crowds of seventeen thousand in there. Uh if football fans could use it, why can't the snooty uh soccer fans use housemen? A perfectly good uh a, a stadium. Uh uh, poorly administered by GRPS, but otherwise, of uh, Also, I see amphitheaters up and down the river that are unused. Uh, why do we need more more amphitheaters? Um, uh, thank you very much uh, uh, for coming in on your Tuesday, and uh, please have a nice April. Once Miller reporting. By now.
7: Paula, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
23: Hi, my name is Callan. I live in the city of Grand Rapids. Um, I just wanted to talk about uh, or put my public opinion out uh, about um, the way that the Grand Rapids Police Department handled the situation with um, Justice for Black Lives' protests. Um, as, previ- as a previous caller put out, um, they were given explicit permission by uh, the Women's March organization to um, do what they wanted to do with their permit, and yet the police felt like it was their um, issue to go ahead and bulldoze themselves through the two crowds, um, in the middle of both crowds, run over people, um, and also uh, push them over. Um, it was pretty horrendous um, to see the level of um, violence that went towards a entirely peaceful protest. There was... Um, no violence at all from the protesters. There was literally just First Amendment rights being given out, and yet the police come in and they start um, arresting people for talking on um, a megaphone. Is that it? Like, is that really what should be um, how we deal with? the First Amendment rights of people, is by um, having them get permission to do the things that they're doing and still arrest them, slash um, assault people that are with them. I mean, you know, I know that they're talking about defunding the police, and that actually is a pretty good idea in itself. But... That doesn't deserve to have police come through and um, destroy the financial lives uh, and the the day of those people that are out there protesting because of some vendetta that the police have against these protesters who are literally doing... about the the absolute minimum of like what um, a person or the absolute yeah minimum of what a person should do when they want to protest like i you know it's it's just hard and then
7: that's 3 minutes taller thank okay, you thank you Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now.
0: Hi, my name is Nikki and I'm from Grand Rapids. I am calling once again for the third meeting in a row to demand answers and accountability on why the GRPD continues to illegally and blatantly target youth community organizers of color. We now have a second egregious incident instigated by the GRPD where they stormed and interrupted a permitted event, the the Women's March on the 27th, and violently targeted and arrested JFBL leadership. The vice president of JFBL, while cheering and chanting in support of the Women's March as it entered Rosa Parks Circle, was tackled from behind by GRPD, and two others were injured as they attacked and tackled him. He was literally doing nothing wrong or illegal. How do we have the resources to send nearly 20 cops after peaceful protesters who are doing nothing and posing zero threat to anyone? Do you all understand that the police harassing and targeting community organizers is happening in this city and is illegal? If so, what do you plan to do about it? when black and brown youth organizers cannot count on the safety in their own city from those paid to protect them this is a clear example of racial bias in policing grand rapids is not exempt from this it is your job to hold this institution in check it is clear the only reason jfbl is being targeted is because they are the most vocal in support of defunding the grpd but make no mistake when the community sees police treating youth youth organizers of color like criminals or constitutionally protected speech, the idea only gets increasingly palatable to the general public. Please, this institution needs to be put in check before they kill someone since they've obviously already made it clear they are willing to cause injury to silence those voices that dissent against them. I yield the rest of my time.
7: Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name in the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now.
24: Uh, hello, this is Dyton Heckman. I, I called before, but I think I got hung up or connection issues. I'm also calling to express my intense frustration on the Grand Rapids Police Department's blatant targeted attack on local grassroots activist leaders. On the 27th of March, I personally witnessed around 15 to 20 police officers tackle the Vice President of Justice for Black Lives from behind and nearly dislocate the shoulders of a young black woman activist from Lansing. Police following this arrest detained or made intimidating moves towards known leaders and loud voices among the people who took issue after witnessing their horrific police actions. Local grassroots activists are out doing what we do to make the city a better place for everybody to live. I would also like to voice my frustration towards misrepresentation of police in regards to their own actions. In a press statement, the police claimed to give warnings on the 27th before making arrests. As someone who was there, there were absolutely no warnings. Without any warning, the president and the vice president of Justice for Black Lives were tackled and detained before we even knew what was going on. How can we trust, as a city, the police department that blatantly lies to their own community? It's, we are, I would like to also state that as activists, we are out on the streets protesting on a call for reallocation of police funds to help the community and to better the community. A lot of traditional thought may be that more police equals less crime. I think that is an incredibly old fashioned notion. I think the biggest determining factor of how much crime is in an area is how much poverty is in an area. I think that it is a far better use of funds to fight crime by fighting poverty. So I think that is an important thing to do. And I think as a city of Grand Rapids, commissioners, mayors, city managers should be doing everything in their power to have community policing fight poverty rather than crime and the war on drugs. If you choose, if you choose, if you do not choose to speak, make policy changes on these issues, you guys are just a part of the problem. And it leaves me as a member of this city who grew up here and loves being a part of this city, incredibly frustrated, disappointed, and sad. I yield the
7: rest of my time. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
25: Hello, my name is Javier Reyes, and I live in the city of Grand Rapids. Address is 1344, Mary Warren. And the reason for me calling, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, everybody, for your hard work and Greece of to be calling it's uh hopefully that anybody can hear me out we need lights in our street i mean at least one light that'll help uh due to uh, uh more than a few of my cars got broken into and in the neighborhood around um also um uh, uh, plenty of water i mean when it's raining rainy days a lot of water overflowing and uh getting into uh, the houses. If uh, anybody out there can hear me out and help me out, I mean, it will be very appreciated. I mean, uh, thank you for your hard work and and hopefully anybody can hear me out uh, for the better of our neighborhood. And just want to say thank
7: you very much. Thank you, caller. Paula, can you please lower the volume on your device? Thank you. Yes, hold on. Hi. (laughs) Perfect, you have three minutes. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your time starts now.
22: Hi, this is Maggie Smith.
18: I am um, calling from the Third Ward in Grand Rapids. And um, I'm calling in solidarity with the um, young people in our community. Uh, Justice for Black Lives, who are doing you, the leaders of our community, um, the favor of trying to hold you accountable for keeping our community safe or making it safer for young Black and brown people. It is not currently safe for young Black and brown people, as we saw specifically in the violent arrests of the leadership of Justice for Black Lives. Um, A word that I've heard a lot from those of you who would be sitting on the diet dais if we were um, in our normal meeting space, uh, is equitability and equity. Um, and there's nothing more equitable than being able to exist free from violent harm and trauma within your own community. And that is not the reality for young black and brown people in our community today. Because we have a black, violent, corrupt police force. Uh, they have your blessings because you fund them so fully and you do not check them when they perform violence as they have repeatedly on camera for years. These young people are calling for accountability. We should listen to them. If more harm continues to occur, and, and of course, just because someone has not been killed, there has been a ton of violence and trauma inflicted on these young people by city actors that you are in charge of those lives and that trauma should there be more continued trauma will be yours to answer for you are our leaders and you need to act as such i yield the rest of my time
7: caller you're on with the city commission please state your name in the city in which you live you have three minutes your time starts now
26: my name is Phil Snyder. I'm a resident of Grand Rapids First Ward, a team served with local 406 and a member of Socialist Alternative Grand Rapids. The events of March 27th, which other members of the community have already correctly referred to as a rogue, aggressive, and highly targeted attack by the GRPD on local racial justice activists, uh, you know, this event was planned over this was it's a plan to overlap with and share the sound uh, amplification permit with the Women's March, which it should be stated the police also illegally broke up. Uh, uh, and it can't be stated enough: they had the permit. The police also stole st- sound amplification equipment, which was not being used from Roosevelt Circle. Uh, again, despite the permit, there was no warning from the police whatsoever. They lied, as they are wont to do. Uh, in their statement. Uh, I I, I just wanna say this, I was there. When they attacked, I was cheering on the women's march entering Rosa Parks, um, back turned to the bike cops as they were entering, and only realized what was happening as they rode past me and attacked the vice president of Justice for Black Lives. Anyone watching the footage of that day can see plain as day that nobody was aware of this oncoming assault. So you tell me, what justification can there be for the police to enter a legal, peaceful rally for racial justice, a rally which was pointing out police overreach, and which was authorized by the permit holders? Um, they broke it up, arrested people for doing the very act that was authorized by the said permit. <laughs> you know what? Just for fun, let's say the police have found some inane loophole here, and the permit doesn't count. I've been personally been warned by police to not use a megaphone at rallies and protests before when there was no permit at all, multiple times. And not just multiple times at different events, multiple times at the same events, almost every time. Sometimes they ignored me entirely. Was I ever arrested? No. They let me be. Now, I wonder what, why that is. Could it be that I'm a white guy? Could it be that they weren't the target of those past protests? You know, probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but mostly column A. Let's be clear here. So so how is that okay? The police don't enforce sound amplification ordinances equally. And why are we even arresting people for sound ordinances at all? Now, I just applied for an amplified sound permit earlier today for an upcoming event. And you, you, you know what is said in the guidelines that your special events coordinator shared? Plain as day, that if other groups are, are, are allowed, they may exp- have expressive speech in the permitted areas. So, I think I, I, I think I've probably said about enough here. But socialist alternative demands the charges against the demonstrators on March 27th and the Grand Rapids 8th uh, of March 8th be dropped. We demand that the police be defunded to the minimum per our, our city uh, charter at the present of 32 percent in order to fund education, public transportation, and housing, which would do far more to reduce crime in the city than military-grade equipment and helicopter rides. And, and finally, we demand democratically accountable boards elected directly from our communities with hiring, firing, and subpoena power over the police so this sort of crap doesn't happen ever again. Thank you.
7: Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now
27: hello uh, city commissioners uh, my name is Connor um, I live in Grand Rapids Michigan of course and I'm just calling to say that I'm incredibly I'm incredibly infuriated with how the police responded to a peaceful protest um, recently in which the leaders of justice for black lives were tackled by the police and um it, like I don't like, I, I, I don't get it at this point, honestly, how the police can continue to approach these issues with more force when this is a deep-seated problem that needs to be addressed. You are our citizen representatives that need to be empowered to either demand the changes in necessary training here in our city as soon as possible, or the police need to see real lasting impacts on their bottom line that will actually get them to change. And that the only way we can do that is to potentially defund the police. And so if you don't do that, I am very much curious how you're going to be able to actually get the police to change their ways at this point. And so if you can come up with any other solution, I'm all for it. I would love to see that in another stump speech or some other way of you like showing the city that you can make that kind of a difference. But at this point, I'm not seeing it. And so if you don't think that you can do what needs to be done to make this change at the city level, and actually get the resources to maybe deal with all the reasons why these crimes happen in the first place related to poverty education or whatever you know people used to describe things that have real impacts on people's lives you need to be engaging with the state or any other level of government to get those resources here for housing for anything to keep people actually fed, clothed, and housed so that they don't feel like they have to commit crimes of desperation. So I implore you, city commissioners, to do something and show us that you're doing something. Something has to change, and it has to change as soon as possible, because we can see from the events that are happening right now in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, that this is a major reckoning that is going on with that's, our country. And three you minutes, either be on the front Thank end you, or the back end of that change.
7: Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
28: Hello. Hi. My name is Mark and I'm from
1: Grand Rapids. Go you ahead. There's one thing that's bugging me.
28: That, that's bugging me here. Um, the interchange at Welton Street and US 131. To me, is the worst interchange in West Michigan. The concrete is the concrete is crumbling. Somebody trucks I had to do a surf away just to get on the ambulance trap, taking 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour. Just, just, just to get on the ramp, open up traffic for, for a at time. I think something has to be done. You, the city, and the state have to actually collaborate and do something about it. You know, either, have to me, it has to be a toll overhaul, a traffic circle, something. Anything. Anything. You know, other than what, what it is up there now. Because don't care something right now. If nothing is done within the, the, the next ten years, you might see a catastrophe has, has, has You might see a catastrophe like happening. But we just saw it many happened several years ago when the bridge collapsed right in the Mississippi River. Something has to be done, and it has to be done right now because of not, Something like that will happen.
7: Thank you very much. Paula, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Your time starts now.
29: Hi, my name is Lainey Hess and I'm a member of the Grand Rapids community in zip code 49503. Um, I'm concerned by the arrest of peaceful protesters in our city. The activists that were arrested are people who do work to better our community. They provide aid to houseless people that the city has left behind, and they are speaking out in the interests of the black community that the city has also left behind. These leaders are essential to the well-being of our community, but they have been harassed, attacked, and arrested by GRPD. This behavior towards peaceful protesters is absolutely unacceptable. The charges against these protesters need to be dropped and we need to divest from the police budget and invest in education and resources for the black community in the city of grand rapids with that i yield my time thank you
7: caller can you please lower the volume on your device hello caller yes thank you you have three minutes. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your time starts now.
30: Hello, my name is Brandon Bilski. I'm from Grand Rapids. I'm calling in support of the members of JFBL, the vice president who was brutally tackled. I was right next to him and uh, football shoved from behind to the ground as well. I have the bruises and a bloody knee to show for it. And it, it was brutal. It was without warning. And uh, I saw them tackle him. We were all cheering on the feminist march. And I think Phil uh, made the, the way that you don't enforce your policy uh anyway at other protests maybe because bill is white i don't know and the president of jfbl ali also outlined it very well that this was a targeted and brutal attack and uh watching protesters be carried away at a protest that was peaceful i've done many marches like there's already a permit for for uh large loud to be used and to have this happen shows a grotesque violation of of just what, what Grand Rapids ought to be, and it's really inexcusable that the GRPD did this, and I'm asking for the Commission to show leadership right now in support of those who were there to seek justice for actions of police violence, and they interrupted this event that was calling out their brutality and calling for justice for Breonna Taylor, for George Floyd, and now Dante Wright and the Grand Rapids State who were just recently violently arrested doing the same thing. I wanna remind the city of the great work that we have to do right now, acknowledging the structural racism we had uh, before this with the third war getting very dismal low amount of investment in the city. We have lead levels worse than Flint, a housing crisis deepened by the pandemic that's left many residents struggling and we need to reinvest in the community. And as a national debate coach who who had this topic, like the evidence is very clear that more policing does not solve crime, investment does. Giving people what they need solves crime. Having lights so cars aren't getting broken into solves crime we need investment in the city and the grand rapids police spend their money brutalizing protesters and it's unconscionable it's disgusting and i'd like to remind you of a quote i brought up to you earlier in times of oppression to stay silent is to err on the side of the oppressor that's Desmond Tutu and you you have power here to really help the community and i really hope that you do the right thing i use my time thanks
7: Caller, can you please lower the volume on your device? Sure, thank, thank you. you. You have three minutes, please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes, your time starts now.
31: Thank you. Hello, my name. My name's Ed Kettle, resident of Grand Rapids, uh, calling to express my appreciation for the commission and everything you guys have been doing to address uh, a lot of these social issues. I've been listening to the callers. I think the younger people have a a valid point in some ways, uh, they what they have in zeal, I think they lack in information because as a member of your public safety committee and working on, on a couple of other committees right now uh, to bring some solutions uh, to things, uh, um, uh, I can't express too much on that right now, but there are people in the community that are working very hard to bring solutions to the, these problems. Um, and Chief Payne and the police department, they're in an untenable position, trying to uphold the law, keep uh, keep things orderly. Um, and sometimes these protesters, they come down and then they do something because they believe they have the right to do it. But maybe they really don't. And those kind of things, the, the total understanding of law and the procedures they have to do are regularly unappreciated. So uh, I'm just calling to congratulate the police department. I know that they're uh, stressed and I know that uh, people have a really bad impression of them, but I think it's, I think there's more being done than people know. So I hope that somehow through the course of the next weeks and months, the real work that's being done can be somehow told to the public. So they know the changes that are being made inside the police department, uh, and within the community and the work that's being done. So it's not all bad news. And again, I think, uh, city's doing a marvelous job of trying to get your arms around these problems and and uh, despite the protests and the angry voices so thank you again and thanks to the police department
7: Baller, you're on with the city commission please state your name and the city in which you live you have three minutes your time starts now
22: hi um, my name is Simona um, uh I'm watching the live, but something went wrong, but it's okay, I'm gonna say what I have to say. I'm calling to voice my concern about the violence um, the police has shown towards justice for black lives. It's ridiculous and disgusting. I participated in these protests and was deeply disturbed by the actions of the police. I watched about 15, 20 officers tackle the vice president to the ground without warning. It was so traumatizing to see, and many of the people there have issues with mental illness, including myself, have had issues with past violence, like they were there for the Women's March. Some of those people are survivors of sexual assault and violence. And to see that played out there was so just terrible. It made me feel so scared. I've never felt protected around those cops. They're not there to protect us. They don't make anybody feel protected they don't prevent crime. That's not their job. We need to we need a defund or to send that money to things that actually prevent crime because what they're doing is causing more violence. It's not preventing crime at all. It's just it's just terrible. I don't want to be seeing more peaceful protesters arrested for no reason. It's it's just it's terrible and I demand that the charges are dropped to any of the Grand Rapids 8 that got arrested or any of the other protesters that are, were arrested for protesting peacefully. They said that it was that he had a, a, micro, a megaphone that he wasn't supposed to, but the Women's March had a megaphone as well, and none of them were arrested. And that makes me question why that is, and I actually think I know the answer to that. It's because the women that were marching, they were white and they i'm just i'm disgusted and frustrated with the police and something needs to change because this really isn't okay it's so concerning and i don't want to be in this city with police like this
20: thank
7: you that's all i have to say caller can you please lower the volume on your device Thank you, you have three minutes. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your time starts now.
32: Hi, I'm Chris and I live in the city of Grand Rapids. I just wanna express my appreciation and thanks to the Grand Rapids Police Department. They spend their time protecting and working for people they don't know. They put their lives on the line every single day for this community. Um, Certainly I feel terrible about the experiences that group had with the protest. But as I understand, they didn't have the, the correct permits. Uh, they had been breaking the law. And uh, if I remember correctly, they might have been down by the vaccination center, um, where the elderly people were getting vac- vaccinated that day. And, and that was quite disruptive and upsetting as well. So. I just want to thank the Grand Rapids Police Department. They're doing a, a tremendous job. Uh, they're solving crimes, they're stopping crimes, they're putting criminals behind bars. Victims of crime are, are finally seeing justice. And uh, I just I just wanted to say that. I, I think they deserve a, a great big pat on the back and keep up the great work. You have a lot of citizens in Grand Rapids that support you. I'm sorry that, that Not everybody will speak up, but I believe that the majority of the citizens in this city are a hundred percent behind the Grampus Police Department. Thank you.
7: That was the last caller, Mayor.
2: All right. Thank you, Daniel. And um, City Clerk, can you take down this, uh, your screen so I can see everybody, please? I don't know whose screen it is, actually. That, okay. Thank you. All right, commissioners. I'll now turn to uh, comments by commissioners, and I'll start tonight. Uh, how about with uh, Commissioner O'Connor?
9: Thank you, Mayor. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say tonight. I just, uh, you know, again, I think we're we're looking at what's going on in the world and looking at Michigan again, and I think uh, you know, COVID still is at the, the forefront of uh, of my mind on what's what's happening. You know, cases are. Are through the roof. We looked at the map today, and Kent County is again the you know in the in the highest percentage of of cases in the state. You um, know, I'm appreciative of uh, you know, the governor's words about uh, you know the the need to 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 slow things down and and uh, for people to take this seriously. Um, you know, she asked that that certain businesses uh, consider not uh, to, or limiting indoor contact. I just I want to remind people that there are businesses in the world who. Uh, especially restaurants, bars, hospitality folks that do things well, and there there are businesses that don't. And so, uh, you know, I don't want all those businesses to be treated fairly. There's uh, there, uh, I want those businesses to be treated fairly. That you know, there's there's people out there who who've done all the things, who've taken the steps to be proactive. I commend folks in uh, in uh, in our community who've been leaders in uh, in that space. And wanting to provide safe environments for people who do wish to go out and dine out. And so I uh, just, you know, please support uh, support all your local businesses right now as they uh, they continue to try to navigate through all this. Uh, lots of vaccines are available. Please go get go get your vaccine. Uh, be smart, be safe and help us all get to herd immunity so we can get back to normal sooner than later. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Commissioner
3: uh, Commissioner Isasi. Thanks, Mayor. Um, thanks for all who called in and I know thank you to our city staff. We, um, you know, a few months ago we were sitting um, in our virtual chambers and talking about what the realities might be of a, as we go into a budget planning process and, um, you know, looking at a bunch of different options and now. We are in a different spot again, so I know that takes a lot of time and energy by all of our different um, city department leaders and staff. So thank you for all the work that you have done to pivot during this time Um, to those who want to engage with us. You know, I think um, again missing (laughs) missing being physically together, but wanting to be safe. And so always looking for ways to connect with individuals reminders, you know, uh, you can email us reach out to us in a lot of different ways and Um, Sometimes just picking up the phone and talking to one another um, has been good during this time but just reminding people that there will be options to connect with us um, regarding our budget process as we move forward. Um, We we added our additional dates um, for that process for the month of May and I think all but one additional are going to be on Tuesdays the the last one is on on May 20th. you know, I think we are continuing to hear just the realities. I've said this before that there is not there's not one truth. So um, as it relates to public safety in our community, and I think, you know, oftentimes the calls represent that. And so I um, look forward to continued conversations about what keeps our community safe, continuing to recognize um, the trauma that individuals um, face and um, how that impacts us. You know, I I mentioned the city manager and I think commissioner Jones and one of our um, just brief calls that maybe it was you and maybe it was you city attorney I happened to watch over the course of the last month two different people who I don't know be arrested on city streets here in Grand Rapids and you know for me that impact was it's traumatizing to wonder you know, what happened with that individual, you know, the interactions that I saw were not, you know, necessarily concerning to me, it was more so just what that does to you as an individual to continue to see that. And that's me, you know, not knowing individuals, not not understanding that those dynamics of what's going on with that individual, but just seeing that. And so understanding what that trauma might look like for individuals who see that day, day in and day out might experience that with their own families. And so, You know I hope that we can continue this conversation I'm grateful to to this body and to again to be doing this with all of you to have those. um, Those critical conversations about what truly keeps us safe in this city. So thank you and have a good night. Thank you Commissioner Uh, Commissioner Jones.
33: Thank you mayor and uh, want to uh, thank all of those who who called in on this evening. Uh, And want to uh, begin by um, actually joining Commissioner O'Connor and really sharing my real concern um, for the increase in um, numbers with regards to COVID 19 in the state of Michigan. We're, I'm sure we all know, we're making national news, uh, actually international news. um, And I would say we're doing that for the wrong reasons. And um, I am really hopeful that uh, more people will. Um, really, give consideration and move and, and move uh, rather aggressively to be vaccinated. Um, I respect the decision of of, of anyone, of, or, of all people, uh, regarding you know their you know whether or not they get the the um, the vaccine or not. But I keep coming back to uh, just the idea of of being in a position where um, you know I've, I've read countless stories and testimonies of individuals who started out last year saying that they would not uh, even consider the vaccine until um, millions and millions of folks received it uh, because of, and rightfully so, they were concerned based on some historic atrocities that had occurred uh, in particular within the African-American community. And I've watched as they have changed their minds uh, simply because they have the desire to want to be in the midst of loved ones. And um, and when I see the numbers and. How they're trending upward, and it's 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 a lot of our younger folks who are really uh, being impacted. Um, my concern is, is significant, uh, simply because you know I want to hopefully get back to a time where we can have you know gatherings, not just um, you know within the dais with 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 us, but just you know within community as a whole. And so I really do. I'm doing all that I can. Um, with, uh, with the voice that i have to try to encourage people to get the vaccine um and yet i understand i'm 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 uh, never looking to debate anyone but really just kind of trying to put out all of the uh the benefits of, of the vaccine and so that is my hope uh, i really want to um, close by by recognizing three individuals who are no longer with us i'd like to send uh, condolences and, and love to uh three families one first is to the family of Uh, Paulo Crittenden. Uh, Paulo was uh, the young uh, brother who was found at uh, Plaster Creek, and Paulo was a longtime football coach over at Garfield Park for the Falcons. My son and my grandsons played at Garfield Park, and uh, that was a very, very unfortunate and sad incident that occurred with Paulo. And uh, I want to send out again love and and condolences to his family. I also want to send out uh, love and condolences to the family of Nicholas Purnell. Nicholas was the Homicide victim over on Madison and Cherry in the second ward. Uh, he was uh, shot and died. Um, fortunately, I want to tip my hat to the uh, police department. Uh, they were aggressive in their efforts to find uh, the individual, and in fact, the individual actually turned himself in, um, uh, who who was, uh, has admitted to uh, to to being involved with the crime. And last, I want to recognize um, a longtime community activist, uh, someone who I think all of us know by name, if not personally, and that's Noah Sifula. Noah passed away recently. Uh, Noah was a uh, was in many ways a man before his time. He was a prolific developer of the Madison and all area, and uh, he was someone who was very active in politics. He was uh, the right hand man of former city commissioner Robert Dean, who at one time served as a state rep. And uh, Noah was someone who just loved community, and uh, we lost Noah uh, recently. And I wanted to recognize him and send my love and condolences to his family. And lastly, on a good, on a, on a very good note, I want to recognize and congratulate Brandon Davis, who was uh, appointed by Governor Whitmer recently to serve on the Michigan Community Correction Board. That's a big deal because uh, he is he will be at the table uh, speaking to policy as a as it uh, uh in regards to uh, corrections and and justice and so i'm um, happy to have representation uh here this from the 616 in particular you know from 300 monroe by way of of uh of Brandon. so thank you mayor
2: thank you commissioner and thank you for saying that i know we all share our sympathies and condolences with the families as well
6: thanks uh commissioner Lanier. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I'd like to um, thank all of you for supporting the postponement of the legislative platform. Um, And I think it will give us time. Those of us who weren't part of the committee to um, think through some of the um, suggested legislative changes that we would need to make that we've heard um, through appeals from citizens and Um, sometimes departmental responses to suggestions that we're making about policies, as well as advocacy groups. And so I'd like to thank you all for agreeing to that postponement. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, I think since I became a commissioner many years ago, probably haven't missed saying at the end of a meeting, you know, thanking people for providing comments. And I feel the same way again tonight because I think it is challenging to come to a public body to express yourself for whatever reason. And um, and I, you know, always felt like if someone is coming regularly to, you know, or if someone is coming and they're expressing some concerns that, you know, we owe it to them to respond in some way, shape or form. Um, And so, you know, I've advocated for how do we track those inquiries that come through public comment and how do we follow up with people. Um, And I know that that's been a little bit more challenging um, during these virtual meetings. And I'm not sure if we are, um, as people are coming into the queues, if we're getting contact information so that we can follow up the way we would if a staff member had chased someone out of the out of the um, chambers to kind of get their contact information if they make a request, you know have a request or something during public comment, the gentleman who talked about needing lights and you know the street, um, um, I think he was saying water buildup or draining issues or something along those lines, um, drainage issues or something along those lines I think you know would be great to have had to have something in place in order to do follow up for those types of inquiries. Lastly, I'll say people who are coming repeatedly, um, making the same comments time after time, um, I think we also owe some type of a response um, because I think what absent of a response, um, it appears as though we're not listening And I don't think that that's the case with any of us that's on the screen right now. And so I don't know what's the appropriate way of trying to address the concerns that have come from the many citizens who have expressed their concerns about um, the incident that took place on the 27th of March. Um, But I would ask that we find some way to bring closure to this. Um, through conversing, through meetings, through providing information, um, whatever that is, and I think you know I'm, I'm sharing this with those of you on the administrative side because this is your work. And so whatever whatever tools you think are available to be able to provide the appropriate response, I'm asking that that would be done um, because I you know I would hate for people to continue to come making comments that are serious in nature, in my opinion. Um, And we we aren't saying or responding in any way that provides them with closure. So just wanted to share that tonight. Um, You all have a good evening. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh,
2: Commissioner Rapper.
10: Yeah, thanks, Mayor. Um, I uh, and thanks to everybody who took time out of their Tuesday night to call in and, and share their thoughts with us. I wanna echo some of my colleagues' sentiments about this virus that's rearing its ugly head again and encourage people to continue to be as safe and cautious as possible and yet do everything you can to support uh, the local business community as safely as you can uh, in the process. And um, I I give a big shout out to Kent County. I, I got my first dose of the vaccine and. It's incredibly well organized. I was in and out of there in 40 minutes. All the volunteers were so cheerful and helpful, and um, it was a it was a very positive experience for me. So I, I encourage you, like Commissioner Jones said, if it's right for you, to please consider it um, to uh, to go and get vaccinated. Um, I do want to celebrate the conversation we had this morning around the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. So excited to see that um, almost to the point where we can, we can vote and approve some new new procedures for it and appoint new members to to govern it. And very, very excited for what that's, the outcomes that's gonna produce in our community. And last, I just wanna say, we, we also approved this morning the dates for our budget discussions and encourage people to tune into those. Uh, it will go by rather quickly, so, um, you know, we do hope that you that people will tune into our meetings as well as to the town halls and the opportunities to give feedback once that budget is presented and, and as the amendments are made in the process. So thanks everybody for staying engaged and I hope that you'll continue to do that through these these next few meetings.
2: Thank you Commissioner uh, Commissioner Moody.
1: Thank you madam Mayor. Yeah. um I also appreciate all those who've called in tonight. Tonight was a good listening opportunity uh, to hear everyone voice their opinion. Uh, I also want to give kudos to the uh, uh, Kent County COVID Task Force group that Reverend Jones and I are part of. Uh, We, along with Kari Bridgewater, uh, along with my wife and others who have been in the position where they have set up the opportunity for people to be vaccinated. I think my wife has done over a thousand people over the last three weeks, which has been good, and she's still doing it right now. It's important that people do get vaccinated, and at the same time, it is your choice. Um, I do see a rise for the position that I'm in. I I see this uh, second phase beginning to take place, and it's heartbreaking. Uh, But at the same time, you know, we still have to protect ourselves. I then thank uh, the city for the meetings that we've had today uh, and our call meeting. I enjoyed all the presentations and the two ladies that spoke tonight on lead poisoning, I think it's very important that we continue to strive to work toward making sure that homes are lead free uh, because the last thing we want is for our children to be infected uh, where it affects their mental ability to learn. Uh, And with that, Madam Mayor, thank you. Have a good night and have... uh, a good rest
2: thank you commissioner uh city attorney
14: oh i can't hear you sorry about that Um, just a short comment i know that there's been i heard all of the concerns about uh, march 27th and the protest prior to that i think it's important for people to know that it'd be inappropriate and potentially unlawful for city employees and elected officials to comment on or attempt to influence the outcome of any pending cases. All the parties are afforded due process. That's what our justice system is set up for. Um, So we're gonna defer to the, refer to and respect the individual outcomes that are administered by our local justice system. And so again, the most important part is that, is that it would be inappropriate for our elected officials to um, influence any case that's pending. And so hopefully that helps in clarifying as we keep hearing each week that um, parties want our elected officials to weigh in on this. They cannot and should not weigh in on these cases.
2: Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, City Attorney. Uh, City Clerk.
4: Thank you. <clears throat> um, thanks Commissioner Sassi this morning when you asked for the to postpone about election issues. Um, yeah, as the mayor said this morning, there's some things that have come up in the in the Michigan State Senate of bills that are coming out. and there's gonna be a lot of engagement on um, election matters. As you know, we're following what other states are doing with their election bills and access to access to the ballot and access to polling places and various other bills. Um, please know is, um in, in the clerk role as in my role with the Michigan Association of Municipal Clerks and Kent County Clerks Association. Um, we at the Michigan Association of Municipal Clerks also has a lobbyist um, that watches bills for us. And we, um, have, we actively um, talk in front of those uh, committees on bills as well. And I'll be actively engaged with um, my fellow clerks as any legislation's going on through um through that um is going to affect voters rights and voters access to the ballot and also um I'm, I sit on the election subcommittee for uh, Michigan municipal League as well and they're going to be watching that very closely too and I know that the mayor is active with that and so um as my role as city clerk will be to um, make sure that we here have access to the ballot and um, watch those legislative um, proceedings as they go through in Michigan as well. Um, just another reminder that there is a um, special election May 4 for Kentwood Public Schools. So only those in kind of in the third ward in precincts 51, 54, 56, 57, 58. Um, and if you're only in the Kentwood Public Schools. So just remember uh, that election is May 4, absentee ballots are available. So we've been getting absentee ballots in for that. Um, so, if you're in Grand Rapids Public Schools, you do not have an election on May 4th. Thank you, and have a great night.
2: Thank you, City Clerk, for clarifying that. Uh, City Manager?
34: Thank you, Mayor. I, my appreciation to the staff for all the work they do to make uh, these meetings as uh, seamless as possible for you and the public. And Many of them are doing it on some very difficult circumstances. As, the uptick in COVID cases is not only affecting the public, but also our workforce. So I want to uh, continue to remind everyone to be as safe as possible and continue to mask and social distance and um, as you're able to receive a vaccination, if that is uh, your personal preference. I uh, was excited today by a lot of the good staff work. I won't be redundant and mention what was uh, uh, said already, but the uh, one of the unspoken positive moments of the morning was the numerous special events that we had on the special events calendar that was presented at Cal. There were over 300 planned events for the remainder of this year and this time last year we uh, probably could have talked about the special events that were planned on one hand. So uh, that is uh, encouraging to see but also has to be balanced with being being safe uh, as we reopen the encounter also want to remind uh, the public that our grow 1000 youth uh, program where we employ youth between ages uh, 15 to 24 uh, we are accepting applications until april the 19th and that is for employment between june 4th and july 23rd and um, the report i have received today, we have about 300 applications and uh, we're trying to hire about 650 uh, youth and uh, we certainly need more people to to apply and we'll be trying to get that word out. Uh, look forward to, um, in regard to uh, some of the comments around recent incidents, the police department is responsible for uh, be initiating the internal affairs review in reporting either to the complainant or complaint tense if there are more than one. And in some instances, uh, there have not been, but the chief has initiated an internal review. And I will um, ask the chief to follow up with tense tents uh, or uh, make some kind of, uh, since there are numerous people that are, are calling, uh, to the degree possible, as soon as he completes uh, his review of the second incident, I believe that was the March 27th incident, Some type of update on what the department's findings were regarding that. I believe the first one has been completed. So uh, he should do that. And as well, there's a public safety committee uh, that the chief reports to every month as part of our governance process and would uh, also welcome conversation for the public safety committee around any concerns that they may have around uh, the police department's uh, conduct, officer, excuse me, police department's conduct and uh, incidents that are happening in in, uh, in our community. And so perhaps the police chief can likewise give updates at that next meeting on the 27th as well. Looking forward to the budget process and uh, uh, am relieved by some of the federal funding that we have received to fill the budget uh, gaps that we have due to the income tax loss and other revenue shortfalls. And we'll be uh, looking forward to presenting that on the 27th as well as um, our response to the need to have an alternative evidence-based violence prevention program. And so uh, we should uh, be ready to talk about that at our next city commission meeting. In addition to the budget and the legislative agenda that was tabled, there'll be a lot of things that will be happening on the 27th. Uh, Thank you.
2: Thank you city manager and I'll I'll just remind everyone, I was actually on a call today with um, the US Conference of Mayors. I just wanna remind everyone that the rules for the federal funding, the stimulus money for cities has not been finalized yet. Uh, And so we're still waiting on those final rules from treasury uh, and a final number. So again, I know lots of people have asked me about it as well and I've really asked them to be patient. Uh, I wanna be really cautious and and not premature in, One, what the number is um, or two, how much we're gonna have to use to fill our budget deficit. Obviously this recent uh, decision by the governor to uh, require people to work from home for another six months is gonna continue to hurt our income tax revenues, uh, particularly by non-residents. And so I anticipate that going into next year, they may be greater than we expect. Um, So again, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, but I'm asking people to just you know, be patient as we wait, uh, just like they do. Uh, And then two final thoughts tonight, in addition to, I know I'm not gonna repeat what all of you've said, Um, all of your comments have been good comments, but just two reminders, things are starting to pick up and get busier around our community. On this weekend, we do have the park cleanup, so 16th and 17th, parks throughout our city, Uh, our Parks Department and Friends of Grand Rapids Parks, and hopefully hundreds and thousands of volunteers will join us to get out there and beautify our parks, getting ready for the spring and summer. And then on Saturday, there is a Stop Asian Hate Rally downtown at Rose Park Circle. So hopefully I'll see some of you there as well. And with that, I will adjourn tonight. And I hope you all have a good rest of the night. And I'm sure I'll talk to you some more this week. All right. Have a good night, everyone.